swag and welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, coming back one more time. And before we jump into the dialogue, at the time of publication of this podcast, it should be on or about free comic book day. So I implore you, go out, visit your local comic book shop, spend a couple dollars, converse with the patrons, converse with the shopkeep, and more importantly, get yourself some free comics. That's the PSA for today. Now let's jump into the download. Now this week's download is a game that I have been eagerly anticipating for the past few months, and it is Trek to Yomi. Now in this game, you play as a young swordsman, who, in order to keep a vow to his dying master, sworn to protect his town and the people he loved from all threats. During the course of the game, you are faced with tragedy and bound to duty. The lone samurai must voyage beyond life and death to confront himself and decide his path forward. It sounds like a very interesting game, and this game actually is published by Devolver Digital, who is no stranger to publishing indie gem hit after hit over the past few years they published one of uh, my favorite games uh, the past few years and it is developed by flying wild hog which is a very interesting name for the studio and it retails for just $19.99 this game is going to be found on uh, PlayStation platforms as well as Xbox platforms and PC no switch but what drew me to this game is the style the black and white style aesthetic of feudal Japan and it very much reminds me of uh, Akira Kurosawa film who directed Seven Samurai just based on the trailers alone the attention to detail looks impeccable and the gameplay the sword play looks amazing i really can't wait to play this game and since it's dropping into game pass on day one that's another reason why i've been excited for it because it's in game pass i'm always looking for new and innovative titles to play in game pass when it drops now again this is trek to yomi you're going to find this on your playstation platforms as well as xbox and pc and it's just coming in at the low low price of 19.99 pick it up I do not think that any of us are going to be disappointed based on these trailers. Now, with the pandemic coming to an end, quote unquote, that's debatable. We we back outside, y'all. And since we back outside, that means it's con season. And I had the pleasure of attending the first annual HBCU Con that was held at Bowie State University. Uh, this is an event that was supposed to happen last year, but because of, well, you know, C virus, it was canceled and pushed to this year. And let me tell you, one of the things I love about smaller cons is I love that intimacy that you get in just uh, going to Artist Alley, meeting people, and really just getting to bond. Uh, with that and then even more so this con was very much about bringing that HBCU experience 
to a comic convention. It was set at Bowie State University, which is a historically black college and university. Oh, let me back up. For those of you who are listening to this who are not familiar with that terminology, um, HBCU stands for Historically Black College and University. In the United States of America, uh, there was a time where black people couldn't go to school um, with white folks. So with that, a series of universities were established, well, schools that became universities and colleges were established to teach African-Americans. Usually these colleges were uh, very much set in uh, trades, agriculture, teaching, things of that nature. And they evolved to become the larger colleges and universities that they are today. Um, I myself am a product of an HBCU pretty much um, my mama sister, um, all of uh, my spouse's side of the family, including my spouse, all went to HBCU. So the tradition and history of HBCUs is very rich within my family. So I was even more so delighted to have the opportunity to attend. And Bowie State University is a place that I did not attend Bowie State, but I have many adventures, many friends, and just many memories uh, from my time in college um, at Bowie State University. So it was fun to go back on campus after 15 plus years and just to see how things have changed, but also to fellowship with my fellow Blurds. And fellowship I did. Upon my entry into the convention, I saw a gentleman who I literally have not laid eyes on in the flesh in a decade. And that was uh, Mr. Uh, Maurice Rahim Mander. I interviewed him and his comic Syrian Seed or about his comic Syrian Seed way back in 2011 at both Baltimore Comic Con and Wizard uh, Philly, uh, Wizard World at the time. And he is someone who I've corresponded with over the years, but I haven't actually seen him. So it was, it was great to actually see him and to catch up. And one of the things that's happened is that his comic, Sillian Seed, has evolved into, we talk about HBCU Con, HBCU superheroes. Uh, uh, Mr. Mander himself is a product of both Morehouse College as well as Morgan State University in Baltimore. And he took that experience and he took that love of HBCUs and wrap that up into the superhero genre. So now he has actually developed that and he is planning on a, well, excuse me, that's being developed and turned into a feature animated film, of which I actually got the pleasure of seeing about a 10 minute uh, reel of it while we were there. And it looks amazing i cannot wait for this to come out i cannot wait more importantly for that history of hbcus of the black experience to be really infused with the superhero genre and then to be able to see it on a large screen or a small screen depending on where it ends up that's really going to be amazing and it's one of these things where to see where people started with their ideas and their properties to fast forward 10 years later to see how it has grown to see how it's evolved it is just really amazing i'm, I'm really uh, i'm 
so proud of him to deal with it. But it's really awesome to see how things have evolved for him and his properties. And also, more importantly, as a content creator, but also a content consumer, I'm itching to see the final product when it ultimately comes out in a year or two. So I'm looking forward to that. Unfortunately, my time at HBCUCon was short. I was only able to attend for a few hours on Saturday, but even those few hours, I saw a whole lot of um, old friends and families and new friends alike. I got a chance to chop it up with Montel from the Blurred Coin Speaks podcast. I saw, um, well, family members. Uh, Bishop Cosplay and Women of Wonders and met some new friends like Do You Speak Geek who I'll be talking about a little bit later in the spotlight but it was an amazing event uh, contained step shows a yard show fashion show a host of different panels and one of the highlights which was very unexpected was a live performance by the Bowie State University marching band in the fine arts um, building where we were so it was very loud with the acoustics in that building but it was it was nothing short of amazing in bringing that hbcu experience into the convention and with this time i want to give a shout out to some of the organizers from the event for really their hard work and bringing their passion to making this event possible and I want to shout out Miss Shauna Lawson who is the president of HBCU Con Incorporated. Um, you can find her on the various social media platforms as CC the Geek. It's a Greek, I forget which one. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, just for her passion and what she brought to the convention. And then uh, Mr. Wendell C. Smith, who's the vice president of HBCU Con, and he is somebody who I've known for call it like i don't know quite a long time now uh but you can find him at scorp king costuming he's a a very big cosplayer um in the community and i want to spotlight those but not to slight any of the others of the executive team and volunteers i just want to say that you guys put on a hell of a convention and i cannot wait to see how much it grows next year And with that, we're going to transition into the spotlight this week. And this week, I wanted to spotlight the podcast, the platform, the man, Do You Speak Geek? Now, Do You Speak Geek is a podcasting YouTube platform bringing you views, news, and reviews about geek culture and entertainment. And I love the passion my brother really uh, just puts out there for the culture. It was great chopping up with him at BlurCon, not BlurCon, excuse me, HBCU Con. And I love the fact that he's a husband, he's a father, and his family, his wife, his son are all into it. And it's just one of those things that I love seeing these passions really put out there and just people just enjoying themselves and bonding together uh just go check out his, his platform whether it's youtube whether it's podcast whether it's instagram just check out do you speak geek and it spells exactly the way it sounds and with our short takes we have to start off on unfortunately some somber news as legendary and i mean legendary comic book artist neil adams passed away at the age of 80 years old now 
Adams, his artwork pretty much influenced everyone that came after him. Uh, his artwork is very much synonymous with Batman, and he's drawn everything over the years. But for me, his stint doing the Green Lantern, Green Arrow comic book, when they had that at the time powerful storyline about drugs and addiction. Uh, with Speedy becoming an addict. I mean, that's that was groundbreaking at the time. And that book, I don't think, would have done as well if it wasn't for Adam's luscious artwork. It is hard to describe Neil Adams' artwork in comparison to now, because I think of a lot of us, we look at comic books from the Silver Age, particularly, uh, that we won't necessarily think the art is as good or as detailed but Adam's art was just like head and shoulders above so many of his contemporaries. And like I said before, he influenced so many artists that came after him. And his influence is still being felt today. Now, getting on to the life of another icon, one that is still with us, Roku. Yes, Roku released the trailer for the movie entitled Weird. Weird Al Yankovic story and I'd heard about this film a few months ago and the fact that Daniel Radcliffe aka Harry Potter is playing the title character of Weird Al Yankovic I'm like this should be interesting but I had no idea it's on Roku mind you it's on Roku on their Roku channel so it's going to be free to everyone who has a Roku and the trailer dropped today as of this recording Daniel Radcliffe is a bad man I I am impressed just from the trailer at how much, at least from what I've seen of Weird Al over my pretty much entire life, acts like him, even has his, his sort of dialect down as well. And Daniel Radcliffe is buff. You would not think that. I, didn't, I don't know if Weird Al was buff back then, but there's a scene with his shirt off. And I was like, okay, who knew? Daniel Radcliffe was like muscular like that I'm like okay I am very much excited for this movie and unfortunately it's not coming out until the fall I'm like man I gotta wait till the fall and we get a whole another season to get through before it comes out and fall could be you know late September but more than likely we're talking about you know November December time before the 21st and the solstice so but I if you haven't checked out the trailer for weird definitely check it out I I think you will come back colored impressed by just that and I don't think well I know Daniel Radcliffe has carved himself out a pretty good acting resume since the Harry Potter films ended has it been a decade yet maybe not close to a decade but it's been a while uh, since they've ended and it is he's still a star but he's he's never been in like a big budget motion picture movies since the Harry Potter film so I think sometimes we in, in as far as a public conscience forget how good of an actor he really is so I am definitely looking forward to this movie when it comes out just to see how good he is in this movie and Weird Al is somebody who for me I have literally grown up with in his parodies from like a surgeon to eat to Jurassic Park to running with scissors 
I mean, the hits go on and on. Excuse me, eat it, not eat. The hits go on and on and on. And he has always been a musical tour de force with his writing and his his usage of well first of all his able to just uh twist existing songs make something new and just his use of figurative language and it's his songs are always fun and he always brings this charming personality uh to his music and to his performances and videos by extension so i am looking forward to seeing what a biopic is like of this man to see who the man was or is behind this persona that I have seen for pretty much my entire life. And with that, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back from the break with a whole lot of reviews. Uh, We're going to talk about the last episode of Moon Knight, uh, Halo Episode 7, and then a whole lot of Star Trek ones tracking out as we get into the last two episodes of Picard and the first episode of Strange New Worlds. And we're back, and let's get into Star Trek. Now, at the time of this recording, I've had about 24 hours ago to really sit and digest episodes 9 and 10 of Picard. Uh, A lot of my issues with the series still hold true with how it ended. Uh, I feel as though with any sort of time travel story, You go back to the future, everything's okay, so to speak, uh, but you always have some casualties. So if you haven't watched episodes eight and I'm assuming nine and ten, skip ahead because I will be giving out spoilers for those episodes if you haven't watched them yet. All right. So I still feel as though the story was very telegraphed as to how certain aspects of the story are going to play out. I think many of us saw that whole Agnes Borg Queen thing happening in about episode two. Um, Also, once Rios really started to connect it with the doctor, we knew that he was going to stay back in time. Uh, All these things came to pass uh, in the story. Even the whole dynamic with Q and Picard, it was great. Don't get me wrong. That was uh, John Delance. Is it Delance or Delancey? I forget and uh, Patrick Stewart have always been very complimentary to each other uh, when on screen together. But overall, the story just fell flat, even just shoehorning, excuse me, shoehorning Elhorn, shoehorning Elnor in in those last two episodes, especially as that hologram in episode nine. It's like, that was just so, like, what was the point of him? Is Like, you killed him off in episode two. Ravi is like, oh, I got to get back. I am got to save him. Yeah, I'm like, okay, we know you have abandonment issues. We know you have issues because of how things worked out with your son. And he's like a surrogate son. Like, I like that, but then that became annoying as well. I, the main takeaways from this season are, I'm glad it's over. I am so glad it's over. I am glad that story with Picard and this crew is over. I think the writers really squandered a lot of good potential with this uh, series and these characters but that's neither here nor there now I also think that it was really awesome to see Will Wheaton as a traveler and having that loose end tied up with um, uh, Soong's uh, daughter experiment and her becoming a traveler 
I like how that loose end was tied up as far as the Ted Grider timeline. But there are so many butterflies that occurred in episodes, what, two, three through nine. I don't understand how I can go, they can go back to a future that is mostly intact. Um, and maybe I missed if Q did something to rectify all that. I don't exactly uh, know. Because frankly, it bored the shit out of me. And I fell asleep during episode 10. And literally woke up. I think I fell asleep midway through and woke up right as it was ending. So I could see all of the resolution. So it tells you how I really felt about um, Picard. And how I really sat with me this season. Uh, it is not Star Trek I can rewatch. And that's very sad for me. I one of the things I love about Star Trek and that's the original series, Next Generation, the Space Nine, um, Voyager. I, I've never gotten an Enterprise. I am not a fan of sequels, and that's going to be interesting. Sitting, we're going to talk about Strange New Worlds shortly, uh, but I just don't find Picard rewatchable at all. Uh, so I am happy that it's over. I do look forward to season three simply because one, it's done. Two. It is a reunification or reunion of the next-gen cast, of course. Who in the world is Brent Spiner going to play in this series? So I'm interested in that because it can't be dated. It could date off, like, for sure, for sure. In season one of Picard, he could be playing B4. I don't know. Well, I don't remember what happened with that character um, after Nemesis, if there's any been any developments with that character. As far as Starfleet is concerned, he might have been destroyed uh, per the events that preceded season one of Picard, I don't know, but we will find out next year uh, what happens. Who is he playing, and what's the story they have? And I, I hope that I hope that it's something new and original, and not just resting on the laurels of uh, next gen. And I hope it really does justice to these characters, since all these characters have such a rich history behind them. I think that it gives the writers a bit more room to play with compared to a lot of things that they did with uh, seasons two and one with the newer characters. They weren't flushed out as much. Uh, Seven in seasons one and two, I think she was the best character overall because there was so much weight to her. And I think because of what she was in Voyager, they were really able to flesh her out even more so as a character because of the previous dynamics and plot lines that were established on Voyager. Uh, so if you haven't watched Picard season two, I would say skip it. Honestly, I don't think you're missing much uh, when it comes to Star Trek. Uh, personally speaking, again, everybody has their own opinions and there are a lot of people that really enjoy Picard. But for the most part, I watched this simply because it's Star Trek. It's Picard. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to begrudgingly grind through it which is what I did and I got through it and okay I will not be going back to that so with that we now go to Star Trek Strange New Worlds now if you've been listening to this podcast you know that I have had high hopes for this series because of everything that I heard about it I I am not a fan of prequels but this is an era of Star Trek that I've always been interested in the Cage is one of my absolute favorite episodes of the original series. I remember watching it when they actually broadcasted, um, broadcasted it on television back in 86. It came on. I don't remember if it came out 
like right before next gen debuted or they used the hype of next gen to debut the episode i forget but i was a kid and i saw it and i was blown away by the cage because it was star trek it was original series but it was so different and i love just that serial that show that pilot i've always wanted more and i opted out of discovery one of the things that never drew me into discovery was it didn't look like star trek it was so dark and so gloomy and if it took place in the prime universe and it took place before the enterprise it just it didn't fit for me it didn't fit with what i thought this should be this this world was based on everything i'd seen before based on everything i read before and it it just didn't work with me um it looked too futuristic for that period of star trek and it never drew me in and there's nothing no disrespect to the characters and the actors there i'm sure they do a really fine job but the overall aesthetic of that show just never drew me in as it was never believable as classic trek now even though in these last this last season they went forward in the future these characters this technology fits more so in that time period than it does with the original star trek and that was again my biggest issue they just didn't fit uh, so i was excited for strange new worlds because Every indication said that this was a return to classic track. This was a return to sort of uh, episodic uh, storytelling in comparison to the serial. Don't get me wrong. I love my serials. But I think there's so many television shows nowadays, and that's just dramas. Uh, that's just in general, especially sci-fi dramas. I think uh, Blessing and a Curse, Battlestar Galactica remake really set a high bar for serial storytelling. And, and, and again, they did a lot of that with Deep Space Nine, but of course, Deep Space Nine and Battlestar Galactica were written by pretty much the same dude, Ronald D. Moore. But Battlestar and its success really saw that serialized sci-fi television come come into its own. And I think that every sort of sci-fi drama after that has really leaned into that heavily serialized story. And I miss the standalone stories um, that kind of balanced it out. And most major sci-fi stories programming has hasn't done it for the past 15 years um is it 15 years now goodness it's been almost 20 Battlestar came out in 04 oh my goodness anyway so i said to say with strange new worlds i was like okay i'm excited it looks good let's see let me tell you after watching the first episode i am hooked i am so hooked it looks like star trek the original series done in 2022 or 2022 money that's what it looks like now i don't know if you you watched any of the sort of fan stuff that um has been done in the past few years before cbs paramount clamped down on that but there was an excellent web series called star trek continues which essentially continued the original five-year mission of uh, the enterprise and it pretty much looked exactly like episodes from the original Star Trek, and I absolutely loved that series. They had some of the original actors come back. They had uh, some of the old props. They were able. To, it was it's amazing. It's still on YouTube. There are no new episodes for those lawsuit reasons, but it's a beautifully produced show. Um, it's it's amazing. So we have that, 
but then to come to strange new worlds and see this and it's like it's beautiful it's colorful i am really intrigued by the characterizations that they are going they have for these characters that we know and love i am interested in to seeing like we even saw like spock get proposed to by i think to paul um in this first episode and we we're going to see the end of that in the original series uh so that's kind of interesting to see that that pathway his relationship and also you're going to start to see that sort of flirtatiousness between him and nurse chapel in this and how that begins i i am excited i love the new horror i love her energy the is this spunky cadet oh man i am I'm interested in the uh, Nunyang Soon character and how she relates back to what we talked about in Picard. There are just so many things that I love to see. But with this, Anson Mount as Pike. Now, like I said, I didn't watch much Discovery. I've seen a couple episodes just to kind of get his backstory in Discovery. Anson Mount was made for Star Trek. Now, I've seen him in a whole lot of stuff. And the, the, the one of the worst things, he was black boat and the humans and we all know how much of a travesty that was and i am he is such a great actor like this this show this show is star trek that there is through and through there are no questions about what it is there's no questions about his dna there's no questions about what it's building to this show is star trek if you love star trek and i mean you like old school star trek this is definitely the show for you and again I am not a fan of Discovery. I'm not a fan of Enterprise. I don't think they aren't good or bad. I just, they never gravitated to me. Well, I never gravitated to them as Star Trek, as a Star Trek fan. But this, this is some classic Trek for your ass. And this is something I am, after this first episode, I'm going to be extremely excited to watch every single week going forward. So uh, that's trekking out for this episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast. And leaving out of space and coming back down to earth, let's talk about our fragrance of the week. And this week we go back to the house of Kimberly, New York for another certified panty dropper in ether. Now, ether can be found in various sizes from the uh, 0.5 ml, I think it is, all the way up to the... Um, two ounce or one ounce i forget how the metric conversions are anyway uh, it's an edp concentration and we're looking at the 50 ml bottle which retails for 75 bucks now with this one you're going to have top notes of frankincense and myrrh middle notes of vetiver and clove and then base notes of smoky mahogany embers it's described as a slow burning blend of frankincense and myrrh brightened by clove and fresh vetiver it's deep and long-lasting and it's a complexity that is undeniably sexy and i would have to totally agree with that description uh one of the things i like about it is the vetiver even with the heaviness of the frankincense and the myrrh and then the base of the mahogany the vetiver really shines through and i think that's really with the combination of the clove to give it a freshness that you would not expect well, I should say the give the, the freshness, the intensity of a freshness or the freshness and intensity that you would not expect uh, when you look at the note breakdown. I was very surprised. I didn't think it would be as light and as fresh as it was with the other notes, but it's definitely long lasting, just like all of Kimberly New York's other fragrances. And it is definitely one I think that will work well in the heat, but definitely well um, 
I can see this went to the office. I can see it wearing it to uh, date night, club night. Not something you want to really take after the gym, but definitely it's something that's going to be versatile. I think it will work in all seasons uh, based on the note breakdown. I'm, I'm pretty sure that in the summertime when the heat, I'll get a lot more of that vetiver and that breakdown. And I think with the wintertime, the colder, the mahogany will really shine through and emanate a lot more, much like um, its sister fragrance, F Echelon, where that mahogany really, really does its magic in the winter. So that is the fragrance of the week, Ether by Kimberly, New York. And the fragrance I want today is actually Classic Red by Jaguar. This is a fragrance you can get a, a very large bottle. I believe it's a 100 ml bottle for anywhere between 15 to 25 bucks on Amazon, depending on where you look. Uh, I get pretty good projection and longevity from this one. And this is a fruit sweetie one. So this is really good for the spring. Uh, we're pretty well for the summer as well and the fall. I would not recommend it for the winter. I don't think it projects as much but of course this is one you could probably overspray overspray really to have it compensate for the cooler weather of the winter and with this one you're going to find top notes of bergamot blueberry and raspberry heart notes of jasmine ozone and pepper and then base notes of amber patchouli tonka bean vanilla and cedar so yeah i really enjoy it it complements uh, mont blanc individual it doesn't have that freshness of mont blanc individual it's actually a bit i would say darker um, heavier as far as the, the raspberry uh, with that it has a bit more obviously of the spice with the jasmine and, and pepper and compared to Mont Blanc individual but I definitely see comparisons between the two uh, but they're just both have that really sharp raspberry note or pronounced raspberry note but really go in different directions as far as everything else is concerned now keeping in a line of fragrances You've heard me talk before about our sponsor, Pete and Pedro, and you've heard me talk about their line of four inexpensive EDP strength inspired fragrances. Well, now they don't have four fragrances anymore. They now have five with the addition of Legend, which is based on Tom Ford's fucking fabulous. So now in addition to that one, you still have Villain, which is inspired by Tom Ford's Tobacco Vanilla. King inspired by Creed's Green, Irish Tweed, Rebel inspired by Creed's Aventus, and of course Hero inspired by Aqua De Joe. All of these come in a 50 ml bottle for just $49. Yes, just $49. That is less than $1 a milliliter, which is an absolute steal for the quality of these fragrances. If you're interested, use the code EHAWKS10 at checkout or use the link in the show notes to get 10% off your first purchase. As we wind this down, don't forget to check me out every week with my co-host, my partner in crime, Brian Saff, over at Nerds of the World with the NRW Checkpoint, where we look at the week's releases in video games and any other hot video game news every week at Nerds of the World. And don't forget to check me out on my socials at Instagram, at Webster Style and at Geek, at Twitter, at Webster Style, and now on TikTok at underscore Webster Style. Don't forget to check out the website WebsterStyle.com and any comments, criticism, anything you just want to get off your chest, feel free to email me at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com Thank you again for listening and remember, stay safe out there and be blessed.
Wednesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I million them heels killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp, babe. Acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pen, so thin. Tie hairline, looking like a stencil pimp. No lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. And stroke mental, plain dang homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang honey. See them plain James honey, them lame brains funny. We tell it bit crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, mommy, look a lady, main thing. Want me on the scene, fit popping like a main vein. Running blood color, lips smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding bag, kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range? Rover. Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprained on me. Yeah, I rocked the card again. She don't really want me because one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. Oh, you wanted to? Oh, I completely read that wrong. <laughs>